Okay, Goose, you tapped in too? All right, Chicago, y'all tapped in? All right, boys, let's crack them. Feel like Mike in a fourth with the ball in my hands and I'm taking a shot. I'm the king in the madhouse on Madison, whether I make it or not. Now the crowd going crazy, they watching the play and I'm watching the clock. Got my shot in the air and the buzzer go off and I'm watching it drop. This team did things, MJ shot city six rings. D-Rose too big, too fast, too strong, history. And we good on that, put Jilla on the track and we good on whack. Three, two, one, everybody say bulls on tap. Bulls on tap, our city pretty and gritty. Benny the bull in the crowd getting hyper and litty. Me, I'm so drippy and slippery, nothing offends me. Banners on banners, we winners. We got the stats in the news. Go and subscribe, hang out with Buzzy and Goose. Tapping with us, we the truth. Jilla just murdered the booth. I still get hyped every time I hear Jilla. I'm just surprised I wasn't bobbing my head this time because the last <laughs> three or four shows I've just been. Uh, Drew Jill is the man. If you don't know who Drew Jill is, go find him on YouTube. Local Chicago rapper, awesome. But everybody, welcome to Bulls on Tap. It's not my usual intro because I'm I'm just on one right now. We have the dream team here of Burke, Goose, and Ross, our tourist fan club in the building. And we're going to do a little season preview show for everybody. Before we do that, be sure you're checking out ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcast needs. Following us on, all on Twitter at Burke96, right? Yeah, got it. Chyberg96, got it. At Bull Scripted, at Art AK Fan Club, and at Buzz on Tap, I think is my handle. Check out Ross's YouTube as well, Artur's Fan Club. He does awesome video content over there. Please, please subscribe to that if you have not already. Guys, Dude, we are fucking like four days away, and I'm on one right now just because we're all going to be there for the op- – like, you're flying in, Ross. I don't know if, if people realize how big of a deal this is. You're yeah. literally flying in. I'm not going to give the state away you live in. I don't know if people already know that, but I'm not going to say it. So he's flying in from the Netherlands to be <laughs> – Basically, yeah. Might as well be in a totally different country Yes, because uh, that's how long of a flight it's going to be. But, yeah, I'm flying in the morning of the game. Um, I'll get in around noon probably and then just kind of pal around and yeah, I, it doesn't, it doesn't feel real yet. I think it'll feel real. Like once we're there waiting in line at the, at the UC, it's going to be absolutely amazing. Uh, goose is coming into town for this game as well. Him and I will be there. Um, and that's going to be awesome. And then Burke will be there, not opening up at the night after. So we will all be there this, this opening weekend. We will be there for the first two home games. I'll be in attendance. Goose will be in attendance. Ross and Burke will be there in attendance. It's going to be absolutely amazing. It's going to be great shit. I, again, this is not the traditional Bulls on Tap where I'm doing all the house cleaning and stuff because I'm very, very excited. I, was, I had the opportunity to go on Bulls Gold this morning um, with Salim and Edward Schuler. And I had a great time talking Bulls basketball. And ever since, like, we've had this plan for a couple days, but ever since I, I, I've gone on that this morning, I've just been on one completely. And, guys, we have a lot to talk about because it, it's the season preview show. We're going to predict what this team looks like, where they finish, who maybe the standout players are outside of Zach Levine. We all know he's the motherfucking man, so we have to pick somebody else other than him. But, I mean, we're, we're just going to start. We'll go round table. Goose. First of all, are you excited? Second of all, how are you? Third, how are you? <laughs> um, excited would uh, be an understatement. I uh, don't feel like I've gone to a sporting event in general for about at least two years. So Ooh. this is just going to be great to get out and uh, be social and have a good time. And uh, as I like to keep telling everybody at work, uh, I'm going to have a waiter. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> just... Just casually slide that in there whenever you can. Um, and that's going to make it all the better because we'll actually get to enjoy the full game. And with that said, we found out what the Bulls' actual roster is going to be as well. We, uh, we're not, we're not going to have Johnson and Johnson. I know you're really upset about that. I am, but I, but I also kind of felt that uh, white boy swag Matt Thomas was going to make the team because we, we just you can't have too much shooting in this league. White boy swag. Burke, that's, speaking that's of white boy swag, call, how are you doing? <laughs> called Judd Bushler on 2K when I was like 16. So it's only fitting for, for Matt Thomas. To <laughs> have 
Burke, what's going on, man? Oh, my God, man. I am so excited. You're coming off, you know, earlier this week. You know, I was there Tuesday for the White Sox game four loss. I was like, man, what am I going to do with my life? I'm like, I'm off this weekend. What am I doing next week? I'm like, oh, wait, the bull start. This is perfect. It rolls right into another. And I think we can be a little bit more optimistic on the bulls this year. I think oh, 100%. I yeah. think that we should be very excited. We wait a long, long time for this. If the Bulls do what the White Sox did to me, that would just be Jerry Reinsdorf laughing at me with like, you know, what did they say in Bruce Almighty? I had a magnifying glass. God's a mean kid with a magnifying glass, you know, shining it on me. That yeah. That's what Jerry would be to me if something happened like that to the Bulls. But I don't think it's going to happen. The Bulls I don't, are I don't be think awesome. it's either. Yeah, I think, I think the Bulls are going to be really good. Um, also, if anybody's joining in on the Twitter, I don't know if anybody knows this or not. Um, I mentioned it a couple times on the show and, and, and socks on tap. We cannot see your comments anymore on Twitter. So this is not like a shameless plug to go subscribe. If you don't feel like subscribing to the YouTube, do what you got to do. But if you want to like talk with us, go to either Facebook or YouTube so we can see your comments and you can ask questions or you could just throw in your thoughts. Uh, let's start this off with a bang here. So guys, we saw the roster. We've seen everything like that. Um, any surprises with the roster? We'll do a little round table here tonight. Ross, I'll start with you. Any surprises with who did make it, who didn't make it? Are you feeling confident heading into uh, Wednesday? Wednesday with what we have right now? Yeah. Um, you know what? I, I'm, I'll be honest with you. I really wasn't that surprised. Um, I had actually been talking about it for a few days. Uh, just kind of musing over the fact that like Stanley Johnson didn't really show me a whole lot. And Matt Thomas was getting more minutes, uh, getting run with with guys like Caruso and Troy Brown Jr., uh, guys who will be a part of the rotation. Um, and I think the writing just kind of was on the wall. Uh, toward, once we got towards the end of um, that third preseason game, you know, when it felt like the Bulls were really getting tested for the first time on the road in a close game, um, I just didn't see, you know, Stanley Johnson didn't even score in that game. Um, I just, I wasn't seeing anything from him. So frankly, I wasn't that surprised. Um, I do think it'll be interesting to see what ends up happening with Kobe white when he comes back from his injury. Um, cause now Matt Thomas, it looks like he's making the roster. Um, and then you're giving that final two way slot to, uh, to Tyler cook. So we'll see what ends up happening because Kobe's going to have to come back at some point. They wave Matt Thomas. I don't know. We'll see, but I, you know, I feel confident. I like the, you know, the, the the rotation that Billy Donovan has been going with, um, I think you're you're still gonna have to work out the kinks bringing Tony Bradley back into the mix a little bit and Patrick Williams. But yeah, man, I love this roster. Um, the starting five, obviously, you just it, there's I've never seen anything like it, at least in the last decade or so um, since the uh, the Rose Boozer Noah Dang years. Um, I'm 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 super excited. I think people are underrating the uh, the depth that we have. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see uh, what, you know, Billy Donovan does with those rotations. But there's a lot of talent there, man. Yeah, absolutely. Burke, uh, any surprises for you? Anything that you thought that was something that happened that shouldn't have happened or whatever? Like, what do you no, think? No, I'm, I'm kind of the same way with Ross. It's like I'm more curious about what's going to happen once Kobe White's back. Um, I mean, the roster, like I said, I think Stanley Johnson was a guy, you know, he came in, you know, first preseason game, I think he had six points in 12 minutes. And then after that, it was kind of all downhill where – like you said, he was maybe getting a bucket a night. And I'd rather, you know, get a guy that's younger and that may have upside that may be here a while or at least going in between the G League and the team that, you know, could actually use the minutes and actually grow in those. Right. Um, but, yeah, then like Ross was saying, you know, the Kobe White move, I, I don't know who, you, who you're who you going to move, but I think that, you know, you give it a week or two and let it play out and see what happens. Absolutely. Goose, what are you thinking, man? Were you – uh? I, I know I, I put this on the screen for you from Jason Williams here. Uh, Jabari and Chris Dunn are available again. He's just saying. He's just letting you know. <laughs> How you feeling, man? What do you think about the roster? How it looks going into uh, – I still opening? have a tent on Chris Dunn Island. Shit, oh. not, 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 not going to – You not didn't sell your real estate there? No. I mean, it's it's just a tent. We, we downgraded from the, the apartment that we were in. Um, we, we took the tent out of the apartment and now we're just kind of chilling outside of the apartment complex in the parking lot. Well, good for you. Um, so the car's packed, but Chris Dunn is your 15th man on your roster. If he's actually going to play, unlike he did for Atlanta last year, if Chris Dunn was available, give me that pit bull off the bench again. I mean, I, I have a feeling that history here probably has him rubbed a little raw. Uh, the games we played against Atlanta, even when he wasn't playing, sitting on the bench, he was he was getting into it. So I don't think that that's a, a marriage that's going to be rekindled. But 
Chris Dunn is your 15th man isn't something that would disappoint. How do you feel about what they have now? Um, I like what they have right now. Like I said, with Matt Thomas, you can never have too much shooting. I got to give you credit for that, by the way. You called that in the last episode. I mean, you could see it. I mean, I think anybody sitting on their couch could see that Stanley Johnson was trying too hard, which is really weird to say for somebody who was once a uh, seventh overall lottery pick compared to Kawhi Leonard with all this potential and he has the frame and the athleticism. Do you think that he'd be on an NBA roster? But at this point, I think the time has come for Stanley where it's potentially overseas or G League. Um, just That's because. Insane. Man. It is, but his offensive game just hasn't come around. And I feel like the first game he hit two threes in a row. And I was like, well, damn, Stanley, are you going to do the thing that you did against us uh, last year when he dropped like 30 plus points on us? Um, and then he just started looking like trash. And from there out, it didn't look like he was going to make the team. You hate to see that, too, with a guy that's like been in the league for a long while. or I mean, a decent amount of time and just can't find a home anywhere. And, uh, you know, I, I thought when we first signed him like versatile defender, right. You know, if he can get an offensive game going around, maybe he'd be a good rotational piece to help supplement on. I mean, some of these freaking, you know, these, these forwards in the league that we're going to have to deal with in the, especially in the Eastern conference. Like you want to just keep substituting guys in and out that just have energy to fucking guard them. Cause they're so good, but it just didn't work out. Cause he was just, he just did not do well. Um, I love where we're at right now. And I, I, honestly, guys, there was a couple articles that came out. I wrote one over it on tap. I got to give Ross credit for this over on his page. When he talked about LSA Johnson getting signed over here with the bulls, that guy, I love that guy. And, and I, I know you're laughing Ross, but I mean, my God, dude, I, I got that article up about him. I did all that stuff, and it's so hard to write and talk about him because of the small sample size, right? But just in preseason alone, because that's what we've gotten to see. Bulls fans, if they if they weren't watching Pacers games in his minimal appearances or Nets games in his minimal appearances, they only have the preseason games. Eight rebounds in, like, what is it, 14 minutes? Like, if you go per 36, which I hate that set sometimes, only when I can use it to my advantage, I like it. But, you know, like... That dude was unbelievable, and I'm so glad he's going to be here. Ross, I'd love for you to touch on him because you did great shit on that too. We got you muted a little yeah, bit. Yeah, you're though. muted, I think. Oh, thank you. I, th- I appreciate the kind <laughs> he words. He got so man. excited. He couldn't I was so that. excited. Um, <laughs> with Alizé Johnson, I, I mean, selfishly, I'm a little – I feel vindicated. I feel a little validated because a lot of the stuff that I saw and I was you know, scouting on him uh, came to fruition, and you can see it. The guy is a monster on the boards. He's great in transition. Um, like Jason said, uh, Jimmy Butler look alike. I mean, it, it, it is kind of uncanny. Um, but yeah, I mean, high Lamar Butler memes, right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like you did a face swap. Uh, yeah, they look very similar, but you can see, I, I mean, I, I don't want to like force the comparison, uh, because I think Alizé Johnson plays a little bit of a different game, but I love, uh, his versatility, the ability to run in transition, um, offensively. I think he still has a ways to go, but oh, yeah. the energy is there. The dude plays with um, a lot of intensity, and like I, I, I kind of think back to the the Daniel Gafford trade when at, you know at the trade deadline we sent him away. A lot of people were disappointed, um, and a lot of people have been looking at what he's doing with the Wizards, saying, "Oh, I wish we kept Daniel Gafford." You know what? I'm looking at Alizé Johnson, and I think he might be an upgrade as a backup center. Honestly, I know that okay. sounds crazy. Yeah, you're not um, wrong. Yeah, just like potential wise, if you want to just talk about that, um, you know, he's only 25, I think, which is still pretty young in the league. But like like I said on Twitter, the dude deserves to have the worm badge in 2K, Um, the way he contorts his body and he he sifts through um, box outs to to get boards is just awesome. Um, Like I said, high energy. Uh, He's able to run the break, which I feel like people are really overlook with a guy of his um, of his size. Uh, He doesn't look like he's super fast, but he gets down the court really well. And I think he plays a little bit taller than he actually is, too. Um, You know, not looking at him. He looks like he's built like a four, uh, but I was enjoying watching him play five minutes. And I think he's got the the strength and the energy um, to get it done. So we have (laughs) I know I keep saying it, the depth, but like we, we really lucked into a lot of depth here. Um, we haven't even scratched the surface with a guy like Marco Simonovic yet. And Tony Bradley is still, you know, getting caught up to speed. Um, so I think a lot of the concerns about the front court depth were valid and legitimate and still kind of are legitimate. 
Um, I just think that things are coming along way better uh, than any of us could have expected. Yeah, absolutely. I a hundred percent agree with that. Um, I, one thing I love about Alizé Johnson's game is when he does get the board, he is looking to push the ball. He, what, he doesn't get it out as fast as Lonzo does. Cause Lonzo's fucking the man, but obviously, but like, you know, Alizé gets that ball out quick when he gets a rebound and transition to start the break. And I absolutely love that out of him. And that's an underrated part of his game. Um, Question here from Steve, NWI Steve. What color will Dennis Rodman's hair be for the opener? I'm going to guess it's going to be red and black. He's going to he's gonna do some Bulls stuff. You know, I don't even know if he'll be there. I really hope he is because we'll be there. And be I cool. think I would really like to have a beer with Dennis Rodman before. I, I, I bet he'll be at a craps table in Vegas. You think yeah. so? Oh, yeah. I've never been to Vegas. I got to get there. I got to check it out. I, I'm not a big gambler, but, I mean, if I could have a beer with Dennis Rodman anywhere, I'll, I'll fucking yeah. make it happen. Um, all right, so. Obviously, we saw the debut of Patrick Williams. Last preseason game, he played like, what was it, 22, 23 minutes. He actually got some minutes at the five, which a lot of people were happy about to see a small ball um, situation. Goose, um, what did you think about Patrick Williams' debut? And, uh, I mean, fuck, man. I mean, obviously, we've been talking all you know offseason about what this guy can bring. Um, what did you think about his debut, and, and where do we go from here with him? I really liked how he was getting lost uh, for the opposing team's defenses. I feel like there are so many times where Lonzo just found him on a simple uh, drive and he'd be standing at the three-point line. And to come back from an injury uh, and not have any issues with the lift with that ankle, um, his jump shot looks so smooth. I think it's still a little slow. Um, hopefully it's a little bit quicker than it was last year but the accuracy and just the confidence he has in the three-point shot at this point is something that still blows my mind because I really did not think that Pat would be this good of a shooter uh this early in his career so the fact that he's gonna be a legitimate spacer uh for the rest of this team uh is something that really excites me and just the fact that he's actually gonna be playing basketball when we're in the house for the home opener um it is exciting as it was to see uh, Green excel in a starting role, having Pat back feels so good. Ross, what do you think about Patrick Williams' return, man? Yeah, I, I mean, just in general, love to see it because uh, we were all concerned about him me- maybe missing regular season games. Uh, that doesn't look like it's going to happen now, thank God. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I put this out on Twitter and a few people <laughs> – uh, responded to me saying, well, I thought you were excited that the Bulls were blowing teams out. I wasn't really worried about the outcome of that final preseason game. I wanted to see Patrick Williams um, build some chemistry, get some work with the starters in, um, and we saw that. And I, I saw some things to be encouraged about both offensively and defensively, uh, like you were saying, Goose. I mean, I just feel like with Patrick, he's so young. He's 20. I mean, like, gosh, it's just crazy. The, the, it's a long season. Um, he's going to have time to learn from DeMar DeRozan, who I think can be the perfect role model um, for him, you know, especially if we're going to uh, try to develop his offensive skills. You know, defensively, uh, I like going small ball five. And I think there is like a juggernaut lineup uh, where you insert Alex Crusoe into the starting lineup or something. Uh, find a way to 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 go jumbo with um, your defense. Uh, but either way, Patrick Williams is only 20 years old. The sky is the limit for the guy. Um, I think he's he's poised to have a really nice season because of all the attention um, that everyone else is going to get offensively and defensively. Just keep doing your thing, man. Um, and and I really like the idea of getting him more involved in that front in the front court because, like we said again, you know the defense is important. Um, I think him and Vooch are actually going to work really well together um, next to each other, and that's that's another concern that I keep seeing floating around, um, especially when people talk about the Bulls' defense. It always comes back to Vooch. It seems like. Uh, feel, it feels like maybe people have softened a little bit on Zach Levine's defense because of what he did during uh, the Olympics in Tokyo. But now it's like people hone in on Vooch. They say, oh, Vooch is such a bad defender. He can't protect the rim. Well, I actually saw Patrick Williams have a couple plays uh, where he got up there towards the rim and was doing that himself. So not as much of a concern, especially with the kind of drop coverage that, that Vucevic plays. Um, I think this will be something to watch long term, though. Uh, defensively, what kind of player is Patrick Williams going to develop into? Is he going to be more of like a Thad Young kind of player who's kind of a small ball five, or is he going to be more of like a Kawhi Leonard kind of player who's your best perimeter defender? We'll see. 
I, I definitely love everything you just said. If we got any of those, I'd be very, yeah. very happy. Yeah. If, that, yeah. if that's how good he was yeah. on defense, you know, because he's there. And for the people that say that shit about Vooch, go look at the numbers. He's not a bad defender, man. He's just not a shot blocking center. That's, I mean, right. just, I hate when people say that, you know, he's not a bad defender. He's just not a guy. He's not, yes, he's not fucking Joel Embiid or Bam or anybody like that. He's just not that guy, but he does bring value. He puts a big body in the paint and, I don't know if people know this, man, but when you have guys on the perimeter that are fucking dogs, it's going to make Vooch's job even easier. So I guess we'll see what happens this year because he hasn't really played with that in his career. Burke, thoughts on uh, on P-Will? I mean, Ross stole my thunder perfectly. So I'm just going to – I'm going to add a little bit well here. Spoken. The one thing that I've seen out of Pat Williams, Pat Williams a lot more this, you know, on defense here is that he's communicating a little better and he's starting to call guys and put guys – in their place, which we kind of really haven't seen with a guy like Vooch that, you know, like you were saying, he's not terrible on defense, but he's not great either. If Pat can become that communicator, kind of like how Caruso, you know, you've seen him do in the front court and he can learn from Caruso like that and be the eyes, you know, and position everyone eventually like two, three years from now, that's going to be huge for his growth. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. Totally agree with that statement. We have a, uh, you know, Again, we're bouncing all over the place. I'm fucking drinking beers, so it's totally fine. Um, Bulls record and what seed in the playoffs. So, again, as I mentioned before we came on the air today, I've, I was uh, featured on Bulls Gold this morning. It has been posted over at the Barroom Network. If you guys want to check that out, very good show. Our friends Salim and Edward Schuler over there, great guys, very smart basketball minds. But we had the same uh, or similar question on their um, show today, so I'll just keep it short, sweet, and to the point for the Bulls. I have them at 48 wins and a six seed. Um, I'm a little nervous to go any higher than that, but I do want to give them the credit that they will not be in the play-in. They will have a locked-in seed in the playoffs. If they're higher than that, fucking A, man. Let's party. You know, let's do it. But um, I don't know. I said six seed for right now. So, Goose, we'll start with you. What, what's going to be the seed, man? What, what's seed in the playoffs, and what's the record? We're going 44 wins, and wow. uh, CBE Fred's uh, ears are going to be ringing because we're going to land seven. <clears throat> I, I don't want to be in the play-in, uh, but I'm I'm going to keep it realistic. Uh, I don't want another season where I'm let down. Uh, have some, you know, we've been a little too optimistic going into these seasons, and though we have a reason to be really fucking excited this time, I'm gonna I'm gonna rein it in a little bit. Uh, as long as we're playing meaningful games, and I do think from that seven seed, we do end up in the playoffs. Um, I, I'm gonna keep it conservative here. I had a chub and he threw cold water on it. Um, just want to throw that out there real quick. That's fucking you're ignorant. Um, Burke, where are we at here? <laughs> you're ignorant, dude. We had, where are you at here? Record and fucking seating. You brought me so, down. Bruce. I'm going 45 wins. Okay. God damn. And I'm gonna, and I'm gonna say the fifth seed. Um, looking at Mil- Milwaukee last year was uh, the third seed. They had 46 wins. I think things are gonna even out a little bit throughout the you know Eastern Conference. So I think we will fall down a little bit in there. And I think same deal. We're going to have some guys still learning a little bit, but we're going to be competitive this year. That's the big thing. We're going to be able to compete with everyone in the East. Okay. Ross, where are you at? Yeah, no, Burke, I'm with you on that. I, I like, I like the range that you're at. I have a few more wins. I had them at 48 wins yes. um, with, with the four seat actually. Oh um, shit. Feel, okay. So you think oh, 48 wow. wins gets the four seat. Yeah. I feel like people are overrating a little bit what the East did this year. I know the East got better. It was also 72 games too. So well th- we're back to 82 this season, aren't exactly. we? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So so full game, full se- uh, full schedule looking at that. And then looking at I re- like the Heat and the Celtics, like two teams that I'm really not sold on. Um and then I look at like the Hawks and the Knicks, and I'm like, two teams once again that kind of overachieved. I feel like the Knicks didn't really get better. Um, same thing with the Hawks, like they'll develop, but I don't know if they got better necessarily and i just look at the bulls and i'm like this feels like a perfect opportunity um for one of those like regular season sparks for a team um that revamped in the offseason they come into the regular season and they kind of they kind of take it everybody a little bit by surprise because we haven't seen this team play together quite yet um got you know teams like the 76ers and the bucks like they're perennial playoff teams the regular season doesn't really matter a whole lot to the teams like that um so i think for for a bunch of different factors i think the bulls will actually benefit um, from having all of these new additions to the team this offseason. And like I said, with the East, I, I, I'm just not totally sold on some of these lower or mid-tier teams. Like, I think on paper, the Bulls are almost the third best team 
and the East. I think that's yeah. kind of a crazy, I, uh, it'd be crazy for me to come out and say they're the third seed immediately, but like on paper, I really only think the Bucks and the Nets are, the, are, are better than the Bulls in the East right now. Um, and I think the regular Correct. season will be the time to, to prove that. Now, playoff time, totally different story. Rotation shorten. Uh, you, you know, you rely on your superstars, but regular season, I don't see any reason why this team um, shouldn't yeah. get to 50. Because I was going to say, I was talking with a few people on what ceiling would be. And I said, you know, I, I would agree with you that on paper, you could say they're the three seed. I mean, you look at what the Nets are going to be without potentially Kyrie Irving for a little bit. Again, they're injury prone. You know, the Hawks were healthy last year. You know, if they had have a couple injuries, you know, and we're, we're healthy majority of the year. You know, I think it's not it, – it's a possibility that yeah. it wouldn't surprise me if it happened. But at the same time, I think overall with, again, what we're working with, I think we're going to fill in somewhere in the middle there. I guess you do have uh, the Ben Simmons drama, drama going on over there in Philly. So he did go to camp, but we don't know how that's going to end up playing out. Uh, they could get drastically worse uh, given the current value of Ben Simmons being, um, you know, what it's perceived around the league. So Philly might not be as much of a threat as we think this year. Uh, they might be on the decline. And I most definitely could agree that the Hawks and the Knicks on paper really don't scare me very much. I think they were a year ahead, uh, a year or two ahead in their timetables of getting to where they needed to be. Uh, with having higher draft picks um, and making coaching changes sooner. Uh, and speaking of coaching changes, shout out to Nate McMillan for what he did with them last year after taking over. Uh, I still think he should have got coach of the year for what happened when Atlanta. Um, but 100% agree. The, I think yeah. all of us might probably agree on that. The, yeah. the Bulls are ready. And uh, as much as I went conservative with my uh, approach there, I, I can't disagree with uh, the optimism either. Yeah, I, I had 48 wins. That's what I said in Bulls gold. That's what I said here. I had fifth seed, um, or I'm sorry, sixth seed. Uh, as long as we're not in the play-in, I will be happy as hell. I, I, I want to be locked in. I don't have to worry about playing into the damn playoffs. So another fun question I had poised for us guys is how many all-stars, if any, will the Bulls have in 2021-22? What, what are you guys thinking, man? I have two. And the reason I have two is I don't think DeMar DeRozan's going to be one. Um, not saying that anything bad about his game whatsoever. It's not what I'm trying to get at, but I think the guys that are benefiting the most off of this year, it's funny as they were both here last year. Well, for one part, and the guy was here the whole year, Zach Levine and Vooch. I have two. I think it's going to be Zach Levine and Vooch. I think Vooch benefits from playing with a guy like Lonzo Ball. I think Vooch benefits playing with a guy like DeMar DeRozan. And Zach Levine and him really didn't get – that chemistry going, but there were some flashes of it. Um, so I have Zach Levine doing Zach things, and I have Vooch being an all-star again because he's got a lot of guys around him that make him a lot better, that open up his game to either middies, three-point shots, or just getting him to, into the paint where he can start backing somebody down and he's either getting an assist or he's getting a bucket in the paint. So I, I'm excited about it. So uh, how many all-stars will the Bulls have and who do you think they will be? And we'll go to Goose first on this one. I agree with you here. Uh, I want to say that's, Lonzo Ball. I, that's fucking rare. You agreed with me? <laughs> I, I agreed with someone, you. So please, someone, someone fucking screen grab this, please. For the love of God. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> I, I want to say Lonzo Ball because I do think he's going to have a giant jump oh, on I this Bulls that. roster compared to uh, his last two homes. Uh, I think he'll get more opportunities. And with the talent around him, his best skill is going to shine. Uh, that guard spot in either the East or the West is just damn near impossible to crack. Uh, Vooch makes it with the Bulls' success and the fact that he plays a position that is outside of Joel Embiid, I guess, Sabonis. There's really not that much competition for him there. Um, what we saw last year, even though he's 32, maybe 33 this season, uh, definitely doesn't look like he's slowing down and his game isn't built around athleticism. Uh, so very much with this roster and the lack of, I guess, need for him to do what he did in Orlando, um, I, I think it keeps him fresh and I think it keeps him efficient. And if the Bulls are successful, there's no reason that they don't have two All-Stars. I absolutely love it. Ross, what do you got, man? Yeah, I mean, I, I love everything you guys are saying. And I think uh, realistically, I agree with you. I, but I, I'm going to take a step back and I'm going to factor in uh, narratives and voter fatigue. 
Um, so I think Zach will make it. I think Zach's going to be an MVP candidate this season, frankly. So I'm really high on Zach Levine. Um, so I, I definitely think he'll make it. Um, but I look at Vooch and I do wonder, like, he was playing in Orlando where he was, you know, kind of the, the guy um, on a team that wasn't very good. That obviously magnified what he did. Um, I, I just I feel like he's not a flashy pick, especially now that he's on this team that has DeMar DeRozan, Lonzo Ball and Zach Levine. Um, it feels like Vooch might just kind of fall under the radar, you know, and that that's nothing against um, him. I think he'll still have a wonderful season. I agree with you guys that I think he's going to have a great season and benefit hugely from playing with Lonzo. Um, I just don't know if voters are going to take notice of that. So I was going to say if there was another all-star to, to pair with that uh, was Zach, I feel like it would be Lonzo. Um, and Goose, you made a great point that it's super hard to make the all-star game as a guard. It just is because there's so many good guards in the NBA. Uh, but Lonzo, you guys know this, Lonzo fans on the internet are crazy. They're in, they are insane. They mobilize like crazy. Um, they love him to death. So he'll win the fan vote for sure. And I think having the additional spotlight of playing in Chicago, the team will be better. He'll have better stats than he had last season, I believe. Um, so I think Lonzo has a good opportunity here to use all of those factors, the platform, the audience, um, the spotlight, and, and turn that into his first all-star appearance. I like I it, and, and I wasn't disagreeing with you as you were you were talking about Vooch. All I could see was Kendrick Perkins in my head going, Vucevich. Vucevich. Burke, what are you thinking, man? So I was thinking again, I think it's going to be two. I'm I'm in the camp with you guys, uh, Buzz and the Goose, that I think it could be, you know, it's going to be Vucevich as a second along with Levine. Um, I think just – Vucevic has not been surrounded with, you know, the talent like this that he can play off the pick and roll with. And I think that will still be enough. Again, the centers, you named them, Sabonis and Embiid. I can't really think of anyone else. Um, but one sleeper candidate I have for the All-Star game, Alex Caruso. Oh, Again, it's a fan vote. It's a fan vote. You're now going to have the Chicago market along with the L.A. market getting in on this. I mean, it's a fun point. If Alex Caruso makes it, I swear to God, I'll get a fucking tattoo. Alex We're going to get Alex Caruso it. into the All-Star kidding. game, and then LeBron's going to draft him first overall. <laughs> right. like, Hi, buddy. I miss you. Yeah. <laughs> like, you've got to remember, like, the NHL, it's the same way. And, like, they got John Scott, who's a fourth liner, who's just known for fighting. He was a captain. I'm just saying right now, like I love the bold. Like I had a bold prediction thing that we were gonna do. You just blew it out of the water with the Russo thing. But I I will tell you right now, if and somehow if Alex Caruso makes the fucking All Star team, I will get an Alex Caruso tattoo. I'm not even joking, dude. I got a million of them. I I will. You just want an excuse to get an Alex Caruso tattoo. Because I kind of want that. You know, see, you know me too well now. We've been, we we've been, we've been friends for about Bond a year. Rifle in his hands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> see, fucking Ross is calling me out. Like you, you <laughs> he's known me for too long. About about a year, we've been friends now. He fucking knows that. I just want to go get another tattoo. It's you know what, Ross. I uh, I see your point, and you're you're absolutely right. You called me out on the podcast. I <laughs> so wait, wait, Buzz. Are we we breaking this virgin skin on Friday? Is that what's happening? Are you gonna, are you going to get a tattoo on Friday? I mean, we're we're going to a game and getting if, drunk on Friday. If they win, <laughs> yeah. If they if they win on Friday, I'll probably go get the beggars pizza guy tattoo. Do, do we just get twenty twenty one championship trophy tatted like right yeah. right up here? Yo. I'm thinking I'm thinking you get seven trophies, and whenever the <laughs> whenever it happens, then you fill in the date. You yeah. know what? Just have the seventh. <laughs> this might yeah, have to happen. It. Yeah. This this might, I don't know. I have to get approval because it's not just my skin anymore. Uh, it's it's shared. I do have a partner. <laughs> what? And I don't know if she'd approve of seven tattoos on me. Uh, se- you know, seven trophies. I've came home with like a million different tattoos, and Jamie just looks at me every time, be like, "Oh, you're yeah, an idiot," and just walks away. It's you like you've know. been together so long. She probably tatted your first tattoo on your butt for practice. Oh yeah, no, I have Elmer Fudd on my butt. Actually, I'm just, just kidding. That's All right, so Cruz has got to go on the other side. Yeah, I got to balance Cruz on the other side. <laughs> gotta balance out. I've got to fucking match it up, dude. If you don't match it up, you're being ignorant at this point. All right, so <laughs> Jesus, we went off the rails a little bit here. So we did the all star question. My God. Um, 
offensive and defensive rating guys so the bulls were 19th last year in offensive rating and depending on where you look you could see 11th or 12th b-ball of reference i believe was 11th and uh nba.com was 12th um if i'm not mistaken for defensive rating where do you guys think the bulls are going to rank this year so I'll, I'll just give mine off the bat and we'll start with ross after i think the bulls offense like Moving on all cylinders can be a top seven to six offense in the NBA. And I'm not trying to be a dick. I'm not trying to be a homer about it. I'm trying to be really realistic. I think that they can. They have enough scoring. They have enough ball movement, versatile people, uh, versatile players in the offense where multiple people can bring the ball up the floor. Multiple people can initiate the offense and multiple people can get their shots. That is what makes a dynamic offense and puts them up in the upper echelon of offensive rating. Defensive rating last year, again, whether you're looking at b-ball reference or you're looking at um, NBA.com or cleaning the glass or whatever you decide to choose to look at, they were 11th or 12th. An anonymous NBA uh, scout came out, I I believe it was this week or last week, um, and said that he thinks the Bulls will still be trash on the defensive end. I think all of us can admit here they weren't one of the best teams defensively last year but they were better than middle of the pack last year if you dig numbers and that's just what it is they were 12th or 11th in defensive rating that's good that team was constantly hurt last year that team had kobe white i love kobe white but he was playing alongside you know tomas sadaronski or zach levine and i mean my god you had it, it, it just we it's never a lot had to see zach kobe and lowry on the floor at the same time <laughs> Yeah, and we saw plenty of that last year, and still ended up in the top half of the league. Right. right. So, so people I think need they to stop asking Gar Foreman questions. Right. I, exactly. I I see best case scenario, like I said, top seven for the offense, and I say anywhere from nine to twelve defensively, and I think that's totally fucking fair, and I think that's a team that gets obviously out of the play in, um, and into a locked in spot. Uh, Ross, I'll go ahead and, and and shoot it to you, man. Where do you think they're going to be? Yeah, no, Buzz, you you hit the nail on the head uh, with saying that article, the Bulls will be whatever, still bad or bad again on defense. It's just lazy uh, because you're not paying attention to what they've already done. Um, they didn't get worse after trading for Vucevic, and I would argue they got significantly better this offseason by adding a guy like Alex Crusoe or Tony Bradley, bringing guys back like Javante Green, uh, Trey Brown Jr., um, so in my opinion, they've only gotten better defensively and of course they got better offensively. They added Lonzo ball and DeMar DeRozan. Um, so like I'm, I, 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 yeah, I want to look top 10 at both and I almost want to go top five offense. If like you said, things are running the way they should be. And I saw a lot of reasons to feel positive about that in the preseason. Uh, this was something that we were, all of us, we've all been talking about all off season was like, okay. DeRozan should be, you know, facilitating. Lonzo can play off ball a little bit, this, this, and that. We don't know if they'll actually do that, but on paper, that looks like the most efficient way to run this offense. And that's what they've been doing. Patrick Williams is hitting open shots. Um, they're running in transition. I love, 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 love to see how how much they run. Um, and like Alex Crusoe, you hear him communicating and, and barking out orders on where to go. Lonzo's doing the same thing. Um, just something that we haven't had in, from the point guard position in a long time in Chicago. So, yeah, I'm going to go top six, seven like you on offense and then top ten on defense because Alex Russo, by the numbers, is the best point of attack defender from the guard position in the entire league. You know, and we're adding that next to Patrick Williams. We're adding that with Lonzo, who's no slouch on his own. I just There's a lot to, be, to, to feel positive about here. So I'm going to stick with my homer. Uh, my homer take and go top 10 defense, yes. top six offense. I love the homer take. And Alex Caruso is almost as good as Kirk Heinrich. And if he does reach that point, it, we're, the Bulls are a championship team, hands down. I'm, Why are you laughing, Goose? You think that's fucking funny? Because I'm getting a little irritated at your smirk right now. Go ahead. Hey give, 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 me, <laughs> give me your answers, man. What do you think? You wearing the jersey on Friday? Yes, <laughs> I am. I am. I'm wearing the signed yeah. jersey on Friday. My signed Kirk Heinrich jersey. I was going to say, Buzz, I think we're going to have to give up that banner spot for Heinrich for Caruso. 
I'm just warning you. We'll talk. We'll I'm talk. Just we'll, we'll talk. We'll, we'll talk off air. They're gonna. They're gonna hear your name on ABC Seven News because I'm going. To fight, I'm, wow. going to fight, I'm, I'm going to spin kick you. <laughs> All right, Goose. I'm, I'm, gonna keep, I'm gonna keep it simple and short here. Top ten for both. Uh, I think the offense. So you think they're great. capable of that? Then yes. I think they are capable of top ten with both. Uh, you upgrade it. with somebody like Lonzo Ball who. His IQ just oozes in, in the passing lanes uh, all preseason. It was exciting to just watch somebody try to pass a ball anywhere across the court because Lonzo would find it, and then we're off and running. And uh, the combination of those things uh, is going to lead to success on both ends. Um, teams are going to get tired. Their, their half-court offense is going to be tired uh, from running up and down the court with us, and I think that's going to play into our hands on both ends. Absolutely. Burke. Yeah, I'll keep it short and sweet, too. I think we will be probably about sixth on the offensive side. Our pace, same deal what uh, Goose was saying, I think towards the end of games, we're just going to wear teams down. Um, and then on defense, I think we will finish 10th. Um, okay. I, I, I don't know how you can say we're going to get worse. I don't get it You either. know, <laughs> when we have a bunch of guys that can now, like, pressure the ball at the point. Yeah, we are a little weaker in the front court with our bigs, but still at the same time, we had that same issue last year, if not worse. Yeah. So I don't know how you how you can say that. So top ten for both. And we have about like two or three more fan questions that I picked out for the show that we're gonna answer. Um, if you guys are cool with that. So favorite newcomer, Burke, we'll start with you and we'll go around. Obviously, guys, we all know. Like, cause there was a guy that asked like, okay, who's your favorite player on the team? I think all of us would be remiss to say that we don't love fucking Zach Levine. Am I right? Like even I called yeah. for Lonzo Ball two years ago. Zach Levine's still here and I'm a Levine Homer to the max. That guy could do no fucking wrong to me. I, I just, I love him. But favorite newcomer, Burke, you got one? I've got to say it's Lonzo. I, I've seen him play once in college. His court vision back then was unbelievable. And then now just being able to watch him with all the ball pressure. Like even that play last um, – the other night on Friday where there was about to be a half-court ball and he was just smart enough to throw it off Steven Adams' leg. Like yeah. in two seconds. Like yeah. you haven't had a guy at that – you know, at the point like that since D. Rose. And, I mean, he's just going to add so much flavor to Zach's game. I just can't wait. I'm so excited. Goose. I'm going to go a little out of the box, and I guess not technically a new I love out of the box. I, I don't want everybody to say Lonzo Ball. It's really easy for me to say Lonzo Ball. I, I want to say Lonzo Ball, uh, but somebody that we haven't mentioned on the show yet, and since we're running out of time and I want to get this in, Troy Brown Jr., still 22 years old. I have a feeling that uh, his development and uh, his future on this team is part of the reason why they chose Matt Thomas over Stanley Johnson, too. Uh, you have a long-term project in Troy Brown already. Uh, I just really like his versatility and Billy's confidence in letting him facilitate. A couple of these passes that he roped off during the off-season, uh, the off-season uh, preseason play. Holy shit! <laughs> um, preseason play here were just very encouraging, uh, and that Billy's letting him do that is even better. And his jump shot, he looks confident. So. I'm really excited to continue to see his development, and hopefully he carves out uh, a steady role in this rotation. Absolutely. I, lo- I actually really like that. Ross, what do you got, man? Yeah, real quick, Goose. I love Troy Brown Jr., and I appreciate that you brought him up. Uh, I think it was really cool. Billy Donovan using him in kind of the same way they used DeMar DeRozan when DeRozan would come off the court. I really like that, and I think that's a really cool career projection for Troy Brown Jr., so I rock with that. I'm going to go a little out of the box, too. Um, I'm going to go Io DeSunmu. I am. Shit, I love it. Okay. Yeah, I am very impressed with what I've seen from the rookie. I think we got a steal here in the draft, and we're we're talking about a team that is not just building to win championships today, but they also want to have a long term plan. Um, they're not trying to get themselves stuck in cap hell necessarily. They're not trying to trade all of their draft picks away to win right now. Um, there's a plan here for now and later, and Iota Sumu is a part. I would say of both plans, but more so later. He's probably not going to play a whole lot his rookie season, but I just think the sky is the limit for a guy who comes into the NBA already so intelligent on the defensive end um, and shows plenty of potential. He's, he's very raw, but shows plenty of potential offensively. The kind of guy who wants the last shot of the game, who has that clutch gene in him. Um, so I'm just super excited for his future and to watch how he develops 
under Billy Donovan, under Mo Cheeks, two guys who are great at developing young point guard talent. Um, I think it's a great situation for him. So maybe not just this season in a vacuum. I, you know, we're talking like career overall. I'm excited for him because, um, you know, the easy answer, obviously, Lonzo or DeRozan. Yeah. Uh, but I think Io is going to definitely open some eyes uh, in the next couple seasons. Yeah. You know, like, is it going to be an eye opener? Exactly. <laughs> What exactly. A, that was on dick. purpose. What a dick. <laughs> <laughs> who, who brought this guy? Uh, anyway, <laughs> I wanted to say Derek Jones, man. And, like, he didn't really get a lot of run in the preseason. Just because, like, I really like the uh, the prospect of him, like, running the court with Zach or Lonzo or something like that. Highly athletic guy. Uh, pretty, you know, long motherfucker, too, man. Like, you know, seven seven foot, seven foot one wingspan. Like, I was really looking forward to him. But if I had to choose a guy that I'm most excited about, I'm sorry. I got to do it. Got to be Lonzo. I'm, I'm super stoked. Been calling for him for a year. I could have, you know, your our Marco Simonovic's or AOs or Troy Brown Jr.'s and these. And, and even DJJ, a guy who's kind of a project piece, you know, that's not guaranteed minutes. But I just have to choose Lonzo because I've been calling for his ass for like two years. And I'm just yeah. finally glad we got it. And it was so awesome. I've mentioned this on the show before, and I'm taking that flex. I don't give a shit. In 27, in, I think it was 2K16 or 17, right before I had kids and I was playing video games all the time, Jimmy Butler was always traded to Minnesota. Zach and two picks came back. One of those fucking picks turned into Lonzo Ball. I had that UCLA backcourt. All my, all my homies can attest to that shit. So I'm very, very excited to, to see that happen. Um, best case scenario, guys. Ross, we'll start with you for this. Like, Obviously, the season hasn't started yet, but this is a season preview show. I feel like we previewed a lot of talent, gave some thoughts on what we think might happen. But season like preview, best case scenarios, or what do you think the Bulls are going to do? Your end of the season, when we're talking together at the end of this season, the 2021-22 NBA season, what are we talking about? What do the Bulls do? Where are we at? Well, maybe my expectations are different and maybe I'll have to change them at some point. Uh, but I would be disappointed with anything less uh, than making the second round. I think this team is good enough to win a series. Uh, I would like to see them make a like, like if you want to talk best case scenario. Oh, yeah, I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, I'm talking about a Cinderella story where they go all the way and they get yeah. it done, um, oh, which, you know, you never know, man. It, the NBA is all about luck and timing and health. If you can combine all of those things, you can win a title. Uh, so we'll see. But I would say, realistically, I will be very disappointed if we're not talking about a second round appearance. Uh, if we lose out in the first round, I am going to feel very disappointed and feel like we need to make another move, another splash next offseason to, to really upgrade the roster. Uh, so that's where my mind is at. Okay. Goose, where are you at? Um, I think at the end of the season, we're all going to be sitting uh, in the 200 sections uh, w- with a waiter, probably crying <laughs> because we just lost uh, a second round playoff. And that's OK, because um, there'll be a waiter. <laughs> <laughs> Is that all you could think about since I told you were in the 200 level? Is that you get a waiter? Hey, you told me we got a waiter, man. Well, I'm going to enjoy that while I can. I'm going to be so embarrassed on Friday. This guy's going to be like, yo. Are you my waiter? Yeah. Can I get a beer? This <laughs> would be amazing. Burke, where are you at, man? What are we doing? Yeah, no, I'm kind of in the same boat with you guys. I think it's going to be a second-round loss. This team does have enough talent and depth to get you through a first-round series, especially if we are going to be where, you know, the seeds we were mentioning in our projections, where, like, we're in the middle of the conference there. Um, I think, you know, a, a run like the Atlanta Hawks had last year where they lost in the Eastern Conference Finals in a long playoff series isn't out of the realm of possibility, but like I think somewhere in the middle there is where we're going to end up. If we make it to the Eastern Conference Finals and I will we're also playing a team and we are playing a team without their best player and we got our ass kicked like Atlanta did, I will cry so hard. It's not even funny. That would hurt. Yeah. yeah. I think my best case scenario, like what I really want to see is the Bulls beat the shit out of the Knicks. Oh yeah. oh yeah, yeah, in the play, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. like if they got yeah. into the playoffs, like I would just hope, like, like hypothetically, say the Bulls are six and the Knicks somehow squeeze their way into three or something like that, yeah. like which won't happen because you know New York, but whatever. If they do, that would I would be very happy about that. I would love to see the Bulls be able to make uh, the second round of the playoffs. So um, we're gonna get that five six matchup by sending the Knicks ass home in four. Yeah, 
Yeah. I would love, I, well, I'd like that. I think that'd be fucking great. Look, our boy, our, our boy Brandon Stokes here in the chat. The Knicks, absolutely. Yeah, no one. All my or the fucking, Celtics. I'd, yeah. I'd take the Celtics too. Because I'd I take love, them too in a series for sure, yeah. I would love some bragging rights over their fans who just will not Dude, stop their chirping. Fan, their fans fucking yeah. hate you. Hey, I'd they, love to see they, the they, Heat too. So bad. The Heat too, yeah. I mean, I'd love to see the Heat too because I don't know who Joe Colley would be rooting for. Oh, come on. Joe's our guy. <laughs> Joe's our guy. I think Joe was actually in here for a minute. I saw I his name. I have uh, <laughs> Joe is very ruthless, but I just, I mean, hey, man, some people got to be the villain. You know, I mean, he was on with us and he was hilarious and he was a really good basketball mind. I'll tell you what, though, when his tweet, when his Twitter fingers start get going, man. <laughs> oh, he knows oh, what yeah. he's doing. Oh, yeah. Oh, he yeah. knows what he's doing. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, he definitely does. But yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I just, I, I would. Joe's love... sitting there with a baseball bat, like Michael Jordan in the documentary, yeah. as he's tweeting. He's just sitting <laughs> yeah. there smiling. Yeah, <laughs> smiling and plotting. He just wants to yeah. talk all the shit, fucking Joe Colley, man. Um, yeah. last question that we have, um, and this comes from actually the Facebook group chat that I put it in. The last question we have today is, do you think if the Bulls are able to make the playoffs and improve their record by 20 wins, which is, I mean, guys, it's really not out of the realm of possibility. They only won 31 last year. If we're talking about not being in the play-in, I mean, they're going to be goddamn near there. 48 wins is, I mean, they were 31 last year, but I mean, that's only three away from a 20 game improvement, 17 game improvement. That's hard in any sport. I know the rosters turned around a lot, but it's still very hard. Does Billy Donovan be considered for a coach of the year award? And I am a big Billy Donovan fan. Um, we've talked about this. All of us have actually talked about this, whether we've been on Bulls on Tap or on Twitter together. I'm a big Billy Donovan fan. I think that if he was ever close enough, besides having you know KD at one time and Russ, that this might be the year. Um, Billy Donovan has a really good chance here to take a team that was fucking trash and almost improve them by 15 wins. Very hard to do in the NBA. Goose, we'll start with you. We'll go around. Can Billy Donovan be the coach of the year? Because Thibs won it, I want to say yes. But I think it would take uh, Budenholzer, Hawks, 62 win, multiple all-star, just stellar performance to get it out. Uh, I think with all the gifts that Billy was given this offseason, that his platter has been filled up very nicely, and that's going to work against him in a voting scenario like that. Okay, so you even think even if like he hypothetically got twenty. Hypothetically, more. I think Billy got too many positive gifts. He got a beautiful roster. Um, I just it would take a really really good roster finishing. I mean, a really good top three roster. probably. You think? Top, say, yeah. It would have to at least be top three. Okay. Finishing four through six isn't going to get him coach of the year with this roster. Burke. Yeah, I was going to say it would have to be one of those projections where we were talking earlier where he'd have to be, you know, the three seed behind Brooklyn and Milwaukee. Other than that, I mean, you look at the other teams, you know, the Heat, the Celtics, those like he would just fit kind of right in that mess then if he's not three. So I don't know, you know, you'd probably give it to Eric Spolstra or someone else if, you know, the Heat finished higher. So it's really who's going to get that three spot, I think. Yeah, I, I have Quinn Snyder in the back of my head. That guy keeps getting fucked. <laughs> you know, like he, he keeps getting fucked. But, I mean, I, I, I really – I just wanted to answer the question that we got asked because, like, it, it's a really good – like, think about baseball for a minute. We all like baseball here. Like, if you uh, – you know, if you improve off of, like, fucking – I mean, even 10 to 15 games in fucking the MLB – you're looked at as a manager of the year, you know, like, I mean, no matter what, yeah, I know basketball is a different sport, but you look at it, you know, in hindsight, and you look at it with, you know, beer goggle lenses on maybe like, yes, that makes sense. You know, if he wins 20 more games, no matter what he was gifted, it's still a huge fucking upgrade. Um, Ross, I mean, what do you think about that? Same thing as everybody else is pretty much echoing or are you on a different wavelength? Kind of. I mean, you guys are right that it would take, you know, a, a, a very significant improvement to win that award but i also think in the nba uh coach of the year is kind of a a year-to-year award that goes to guys who are up and coming um like i remember when thibs won it it was his first year as bulls head coach and now mind you they had an amazing season um but like i just remember i think it was the year after 
that Thibs won it and ended up being like Greg Popovich or something. And I was like, wait, Thibs ended up having a better season than him too. And it's like, I don't think it goes necessarily to the top coach every season. Um, I do think there's a lot of like variety and voter fatigue and, and all that stuff that goes into it. So, I mean, Billy technically won, what was it? Co-coach of the year for the um, NBA coaches association. Yeah. Uh, back during his, uh, the Chris Paul thunder year. Yeah. Um, so there's precedent there. People like him. People know that he's a good coach. Uh, top five, top four. It would have they would have to be top four, um, and you know you just want to see like big improvements overall from the roster. I think people might take a look at like okay if you were able to manage the egos and the talent and maybe some of the defensive deficiencies and some of the depth deficiencies and make this team like a legitimate playoff finals contender. You know, like, I guess it all depends on how we feel at the end of the season. Like, was this team dominant in the regular season or did they kind of skirt by um, to get some of those wins? Um, So I think if they're a dominant regular season team, I don't see any reason why not. Yeah, I would love that for Billy, too. I mean, my God, I mean, this it's the vibes of a good coach that we haven't had since 20, you know, 2011 Thibodeau. You know, and I know a lot of people like hate on Tibbs and I've been there, too, like, you know. I, I held the grudge about the Derrick Rose thing, and I probably was wrong about that, but I still kind of hold it because, you know, he just tore away my happiness, you know. <laughs> but, you know, it, I mean, that's it, man. Like, I'm, I'm glad that we did this season preview. I think we're very optimistic about the Bulls. I think that we threw out some, you know, cool names for people to look, you know, to look forward to outside of Lonzo, DeMar, Caruso, whatever, you know, the new uh, upgrades. Ross, can you please tell everybody, I mean, if you're watching this, I'm sure you already fucking follow him and you should and you watch his shit. But please, if they don't, let them know where to find you. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Thank you for having me on. This is a great time as Anytime, always. Anytime, brother. I'm at Arturis Fan Club on all platforms. It's the same thing, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, all that good stuff. And you guys could, should definitely check out my YouTube, youtube.com slash Arturis Fan Club. Same thing uh, for Bulls content, all kinds of great stuff. Um, and I should have some of you guys on there pretty soon. We should do some... Uh, some in-season potties if you guys want. Oh, absolutely. Fucking totally into that. Uh, Goose, any parting words before we ride off here into the sunset? Yeah, I was, I was going to mention that guy that's going to be bringing us stuff again. It's going to go, but we're, we'll leave that alone. Uh, and I guess let's let's just embrace uh, the, the ball era, the, the, the Lonzo Bulls. Um, Zach, Zach finally has um, a competent point guard that is just as good on ball as he is off ball, and he's going to help Zach uh, change that stigma about defense. So I think that pairing is just a match made in heaven, and it fell into our laps. It might cost us a tampering uh, penalty, <laughs> which we're still waiting to get the news on, which is kind of killing me because as it stands today, we should probably have two first-round picks. Uh, after getting that lottery-protected pick from Portland for Lowry. So I really want to know what that outcome is because if we're building this team, as Ross pointed out earlier, we could be a contender this year. We have the young players behind that contention to build for the future, to make it sustainable. You add two first-round picks to that with the masterminds who have been putting all this together, and then you're really cooking. So – I'm just really excited for this season. I'm glad that uh, we get to talk about all this shit, and it, it won't be dreadful anymore. Like, we get to be happy at the end of games. Now we don't have to go, well, maybe we'll luck into the lottery. Um, it's it is God, just a completely games different are so feeling, brutal. and, and I'm, I'm so glad that people are going to want to listen to me. It, it's it's just a great time to be a Bulls fan. Absolutely. Burke, any parting words, my man? Oh, I mean, even to add on to that, you know, I'm excited that we're good again. I'm excited that, you know, we get to talk about this instead of, you know, like I said, the lottery. But also being able to go see everyone. Like, we're going to be at the United Center. Like, I didn't get there that much prior to COVID. And then the same deal. We haven't been there in years. And now, we, you know, we're talking about going to 10 games this year, you know, Buzz, you know, you and me. And I know, Goose, you're going to be at quite a few in – I mean, Ross, you're flying in for games. Like, Fucking flying you know, in, dude. Like, awesome. would you from, be doing from that the over two years ago? No, not <laughs> no, like it, but this team's worth it. Right. So it's. I'm just so excited. And you should be. You sh- You absolutely should yeah. be. I'm so excited this year, man. Like, the Bulls content creators, I think, 
the guys that have been grinding for a long time, you know, and I'm going to shout a few of them out, you know, like your bulls gold, your rebuild, your rebuildable podcast. Uh, if you've never heard of that, it's in the fucking name. The guy has been doing this since they've been trying to be competitive as Mark Gentile. Great dude. Smart that as hell. Deal. Funny as hell. Check him out. You have Ross, our tourist fan club, who's been doing this during the rebuild. Us here at Bulls on Tap, who do post games after every game, and it's not going to be like, hmm, you want, you know, let's skip tonight. Let's do, let's just do tomorrow because I'm depressed and I want to go play <laughs> Frogger. Text with ten minutes left in the fourth when you already know the game's over. Like, do we really have to do the show tonight? Can I, I'm just going to go to bed, bro. <laughs> you know, I just, I, I can't do this. It's a whole new year. It's a whole new situation, and I'm so excited for the people. Uh, to be, you know, to be a part of this, people that listen to us, people that watch and listen to Ross or any other Bulls content creator, locked down with Peck and Big Dave, whoever they listen to, it's gonna be a fun fucking year. The Bulls content creators definitely deserve this, and I can't wait to to ride on here and see what the season brings. Um, if you are going to be at the home opener or Saturday's game, next Saturday's game against Detroit, let us know. Hit us up on Twitter. Hit us up on YouTube. Wherever you fucking talk. Whether you're talking to Ross, us, uh, Salim over at Bulls Gold, just let us know because we're all going to be there. We're all going to be taking these games in together, the first two games of the regular season. Come have a drink with us. If you don't drink, I'll buy you a Mountain Dew, whatever the hell you want to do. <laughs> Come hang out with us. Have a good time. Um, that's all I have for this episode. So check out ontapsportsnet.com for our Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Anywhere you can listen to podcasts, you can listen to us, five-star rating and review, because that's cool and tough. Same goes for Ross. Subscribe to his YouTube at Tours Fan Club. If you're watching us on YouTube, just hit the sub button. If not, eh, you know, do what you got to do. We both play on basketball at home on Friday. I, I'm on cloud nine. I don't give a shit. But we'll be back. When will we be back, Goose, actually? Because we're going to the first fucking two games. Wednesday? Well, we'll be back Wednesday, first home game? Yeah, Wednesday night's general. away game. So, so okay, we so gotta, we yeah, gotta talk Wednesday. I literally, I, I cannot. I, yeah, so I gotta say, I had to so email my boss and be like, "Bro, I can't find anybody to cover. I'm not missing the first game of the season." Uh, so yeah, I'm home Wednesday. So okay, we'll, so we're we'll, we're we're we on Wednesday. live Wednesday night after the game. Okay, we'll be back Wednesday. If anybody wants to pop in to share their excitement, do so. We don't care. It's gonna be great. We're gonna have a good time. Let's get that Bulls win, and uh, yeah, let's go Bulls. <laughs>